Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Smurf Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? It's weird. We, we've done it the other way round to normal. We're recording this after we've done the actual show as opposed to before it. Yeah, it is bizarre. I don't know how long we're supposed to go now because we always have like a hard time limit of when we have to go live. That's kind of our way to, to know. How will he know? Um, but yeah, uh, we've got quite a bit to discuss on this week's AEW Dynamite show. So let's waste no time in getting to it because there were two huge debuts and some confusion around how to say a name. I hope you like that and fart jokes. Here is the show. <laughs> We've had two new AEW debuts. Abaddon, one of the scariest wrestling costumes I've ever seen. Oh, hello. Ab- Abaddon. Abaddon. What did I say? Abaddon. Abaddon. <laughs> Abba. Abaddon. The Don of Abba Swedish pop music. Uh, yeah, what, whatever her name is. Abaddon? Abba. Abaddon. 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 Yes. Abaddon. Abaddon. I hear this is a Superman referencing name. Means King of the King Knight of the Afterlife or something. I don't know if it's from I mean Superman may have used it, but I think it's also from something outside of the comic book world. Something outside of the no such thing exists. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> she is, it's terrifying. This this it's a a female wrestler who I think has wrestled on Dark before. This was her Dynamite debut on this show. She um, has indeed. I was at- actually just watching uh, her Dark match while I was waiting for you to sort your technical issues out. Uh, I was watching her debut match against Sheeta on AEW Dark. 
and yeah, but this was her Dynamite debut. And Crikey, you want to talk about sort of like, I mean, making an impact, I think is, you know, possibly too strong a phrase, but she certainly made an impression. Yeah, she, her entrance is kind of like this ring-like thing where she crawls in a, in, in a contorting way down the ramp the sort of the the fabric of the actual lens looks different as well it's like a a flickery uh, slasher movie like mm. when she's walking down sort of a what's it called grindhouse that's it. it has a grindhouse feel and then she gets in the ring and you can see her face and good lord i love scary things i would say i mm -hmm. like gore occasionally i like the way i react to gore this is so upsetting to look at i don't like it i i haven't looked at the thumbnail to this video yeah it's it, because it is just big old abaddon face and you know very pretty ricky starks um and it is like it is quite a it's a very striking appearance like i believe she calls herself the living dead girl i'm not really aware of her stuff outside of Basically, because I didn't even see the match she had on Dark. Like this, this is my first exposure to Abaddon. But from what I can gather, uh, looking at the chats that was in here uh, and looking at the chat was in your review video as well, when she made her debut on Dark, there was like a lot of fan swell to be like, "Oh my God, you've got to sign her." I'll be honest. My first thought was, um, it, "It's okay. Well, we can't get Rosemary." So we'll just get we'll, we'll get a different version of Rosemary, I guess. That was my, that was my first my very cynical reaction at first. So like this looks like dime store Rosemary. However, but the, there are is, versions. Yes, there, there are levels of gore. Exactly, which is why I said that was my cynical hat being put on to take off that cynical hat. It was very very cool. Because Rosemary, I you know that's that's a sort of character design I can I can look at and go oh creepy gothic but cool. This one genuinely want to look away from. It's that kind <laughs> of Ugh. like that, that. This face is going to haunt my dreams. That the sort of like for, for podcast listeners, it's kind of a, a one white contact lens and, and another dark contact lens. But the way they're put in, it kind of makes like the eyes are bulging out of their head. Well, yes. So the red one, it looks like her eyeball has bust burst open with blood. Like that's the way, and, and it looks like the blood has just filled within the eye, which I think is what it's designed to look like. And it is terrifyingly scary. And that's actually, you know, pretty cool in a way. Yeah. And how they set her up was a wonderful misdirect because Anna Jay, who we'd previously seen in the lockdown era, I think her QT Marshall's gym era of Dynamite, she made her return here. And before she came out for this very match, she got the video package. She's walking along. Oh, it was a real good opportunity to be on Dynamite before. I'm really hoping to prove myself. Yada, yada, yada. A sort of look behind the kayfabe heel character that she played. And you're like, oh, okay. I've done this route before. They're giving her the vignette to build her up because they're going to sign her and push her in this division. Here's like the person behind the character to get us as fans invested. She comes down to the ring dressed as Zatanna and then out comes uh, uh, Abaddon. 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 Am I saying it wrong now? now I, I don't I know. <laughs> I, th I feel like we're saying the same thing. Abaddon. Abaddon Ab came is it down. Ab to is it Abaddon? Oh man, I've forgotten already now. You've confused me. It's not Abaddon your fault, really. it's my fault. comes down to the <laughs> ring, terrifying, and 
I thought, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a cool new person, but she's obviously going to be squashed by the person who just got the vignette. Nuh-uh. Abaddon won in like under a minute and just posed there being creepy. And afterwards, they announce Abaddon is all elite. I believe it's Abaddon. Just, just Abaddon. I, I was only I was just quickly checking the, uh, the the chat there after we had that chat, and it's hilariously everyone saying it differently. Uh, but the most consistent one is Abaddon. Abaddon. Yeah. Isn't that what I said initially? No, you're saying Abaddon. Abba, Abba and yeah. Don. Don. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, yeah. what I you... said at the start no, of the you, show. No, you, you said Abaddon. Or did I Abba, say that? Don. <laughs> Abba. Abba, the Swedish pop band. Yeah, that's right, yes. Don. Don. Like Don Colio. Don Giovanni. Yeah. Abba, Don. Yes? Now we're on the same page. Let's move on. It was an effective <laughs> debut, but I never want to see her face again because it terrifies yeah. me. Yeah, just to just to throw some praise onto this, I thought this was excellent because I mean, my notes here are video package for Anna J. They're really trying to build new characters because Britt Baker's out with the injury, Chris Statlander is now with an injury, and AEW's already quite dwindling women's division that they had has lost two of its more prominent stars. So this was like, okay, well, we really need to bit of a reset on this. We need to create some new characters that people can get behind. What a smart way to to reintroduce Anna J. That's a really my thing you say like and it was like abaddon killed her like this was a complete domination squash match it was really really smart like i did not see it coming at all and then you get the dark order after this the dark order come out and effectively like seemingly recruit anna jay as well as give colt cabana this letters there was like these intertwining entwining storylines which i thought was really really nice yeah, AEW, after months and months and months, has seemingly finally decided, okay, the we, we're going to do all the women's storylines now and all the tag division storylines. It was fantastic. So, you know, we've been slamming and criticising AEW, you know, very vocally. The people who don't watch the full episodes won't get that we do actually criticise AEW. But, uh, yeah, this is... We've been criticizing them, so it's only right that we applaud. They set up about three different women's division storylines outside of just, oh, I'm going to be the best. Mm. No, I'm I'm the best. So which, very which I, Yeah, which I do feel they sort of dropped the ball with this week. Like there was no follow up yeah. to the Sheeta thing last week. Like there was just like Tony Tony Skiavone just was like, oh, a match is happening. Like, You're never and, happy, she, Luke. And like Sheeta was there. Sheeta was in the crowd. Like you could have done uh, something. So the other debut was what? Well, whereas Abba Don was fully signed, it seems, with the All Elite so was, graphic announced on Twitter. So was Ricky. Oh, Ricky was also oh signed. Okay. Well, this was. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I'll get into that why because I quite I really enjoyed this development of the TNT title open challenge gimmick because it's not just an open challenge now as Cody said after winning the belt it's a invitational really so for people not just on the AEW roster we've had Jungle Boy so far we've had Mark Quinn and on the third time of asking the so-called hottest free agent in wrestling Ricky Sparks Ricky Starks I've written this down Starks. wrong uh, former NWA TV champion, the inaugural NWA television champion, my notes tell me, uh, he comes in to answer, you know, someone without an AEW contract. And I quite like the idea of that and then him not getting signed. You know, 
it's yeah. just it's just people from outside trying their hand at this title from what i can gather like in the kayfabe world he wasn't signed with aew but then tony khan signed him after this performance so he came in and impressed the 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 brass and got himself a job yeah I, well you know uh, out of the two debuts uh this this was fine mm-hmm. um I, i'm sure ricky starks has got a, a, i've never really seen any of his work before and it was decent here but it wasn't like that sort of groundswell of oh my god AEW should sign this guy this was not a cedric alexander at the end of the his round in the cruiserweight tournament it wasn't when chris when shanna or chris statlander first got over in AEW. you didn't have that sort of groundswell of fan support asking for it and i think handing out those contracts like that mm. almost cheapens the gimmick of awarding people them yeah, I, I would certainly say that. And I go, like you, I thought it was almost cooler that it wasn't someone that was within the AEW ranks. To, and they, you know, were constantly referencing the NWA in this, which kind of, you know, makes wrestling feel like this much larger world, which it is, rather than feeling this very small, self-contained, sing, like singular world. So I thought actually the, quite, the expansive nature of that was cool. And as you said in your review, you know, it's the exciting part of this open challenge is that you could get a marty skull answer at some point a you know a tanahashi like there's all these sorts of various dream match options that sort of opens itself up to yeah and this match itself was yeah ricky starks coming out arn anderson said he'd pick someone for cody don't worry he's done his homework uh and it was it was a decent match that nothing really stood out to me at all probably I enjoyed the other two matches in the US title feud so far. The uh, TMP title feud. What did is I say? US title. <laughs> ah, it is though, isn't it? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. I just call it the US title in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was you know really decent action between the two. Uh, Cody hit the crossroads for the win. I thought his uh, promo beforehand was very interesting when he you know said like, "Am I even part of the elite anymore?" Because last week I was getting beaten up by the inner circle. There was no mad or nick jackson there was no kenny omega and hangman page all the while constantly having like doing like stroking his face with four fingers and sort of like constantly so hmm i wonder what you might be teasing there mr rhodes i i wonder as i stroke my my beard with four fingers it's a weird direction to take because he is such a baby face right now i i wasn't prepared for this version of the character so suddenly uh that's not to say i'm not into the idea of a nearly said bullet club civil war then it kind of is though isn't it (laughs) of the elite versus the nightmare family i think omega page bucks versus uh cody dustin qt marshall well, that's the thing. Is I think that Cody uh-huh. could now, Cody could build. It doesn't need to be the Nightmare Family. It doesn't need to be uh, Dustin and and QT. It could be anyone from within. He might just start to like you know create his own ranks. Ricky Starks could be one of them. You know, could be some of these young pups that he's uh, wrestling in this TNT Open tournament. And that might appeal to him. Yeah, that might appeal to him quite greatly. He's obviously very passionate about getting over new wrestlers. Um, But overall, uh, how did you feel about Ricky Starks' performance? 
Yeah, I, you know, he, it was good. It was a very, very solid performance. It wasn't like you watched him and was like, oh my God. But then it also at the same time, you didn't watch him go like, man, like he's not that real badly. Like he really balls that one up. It was just really, really good stuff. I thought the promo beforehand from Cody was great. I thought the video package with the promo from Ricky was very cool in establishing himself. And yeah, I just think that the fact that it wasn't someone who was previously signed with AEW really opens up this TNT uh, title to just to feel like a little bit more than it already was and I, and I I really like that and I really dig that one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Uh, so let's do our $25 a month or more Pledge Hammer shout outs before we get on with the rest of your su- 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 super chats. Remember, Pledge Hammers, 
Wrestle Talk Extra is available for you right now. A three-hour podcast of me, Luke, and Brian Joyce reviewing New Japan Dominion from 2018 with Akada versus Omega 4. What a show. Go over to Patreon to become a pledge hammer today to get that exclusively. Um, right, and our shout-outs to our $25 backers, Arnie K. The K stands for the coolest dude ever. You've returned after several months. It's nice to have you back, buddy. So nice to have you back, Ryan Disco Stewart. Woo, Disco Stewart. Liam, top tier. Like like tier, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, Dincy Potter and the Noblet of Fire. What a name. The Harbinger of Doom. Lee. Doom Lion. <laughs> Doom Lion. Marcus, he's got soul. Campbell, it's a football joke. Football's back. It's coming. It's come home. A soldier. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. I'm Woo. sure he can. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins, the second coming, Kev Junior. Very nice. Hey, now you're an all-star, Chuck Taylor. Thank you, Chuck Turner. Double J, James Jericho. That's a cool, cool name, anyway. Name. And Colin McLean, uh, than Finn Ballet. He's so lean. Thank you very much. And of course, our excellent moderators, full of Modiclorians, Garage Art with a V Les, Magnetic Field, and the best Dowd. see what you guys think in the su- 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 super chat i'm ollie davis by the way joined other way by lou Cohen. uh i didn't do that bit at the start uh just went straight into the titles it's because How we crazy. got so we got so confused over abaddon 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 you know abaddon so get your super chats in throughout the entire show. We will read all of them right now on our main topic of the debuts. Josh Dominic says, The zombie girl is here. I have been begging AEW to sign since her and Sheila put on an awesome match on Dark a few months ago. Do you know what? It was so weird. I went Because as I said, I went back to watch the, the Sheeta-Abaddon match. Um, oh, I'm doing it. Is it Abaddon? I don't even know anymore. Like I'm, oh man. Abaddon. Yeah. Okay, we're going to say Abaddon for now. Uh, I went back and I watched it, and there was a huge crowd there. And it felt so alien. It felt so weird. It felt so Statlander. (laughs) Nick Corvello here with a very generous Super Chat. Thank you very much. I really hope Dark Order helping Anna J to the back was a red herring to confuse Trick Cabana. Because if Anna joins, I'm afraid she'll lose the gimmick she didn't even have a chance to try to get over. And that saddens me as I like her aesthetic now. Uh, you mean the the aesthetic being Zatanna from DC Comics. She's kind of got yeah. the, what do you call it? Like the Playboy bunny tuxedo short outfit with a big bow tie and top hat. Yeah, I don't want to say showgirls-esque, but like magician-esque, mm. like a, a Vegas magician uh, type thing, I would say. It's a very cool look. It's a very like unique and distinctive look, you know, and uh, I, I, I really enjoyed her gimmick. I think her joining the Dark Order doesn't necessarily mean you're never going to see that again. Um, you, you know, you can just get it when if she turns babyface and joins uh, or leaves that group. 
but I, I think it's actually just something that's quite interesting for for Anna J to instantly be going into this. I, I mean, you're right. Like losing that look is a bit of a shame, but it doesn't mean it's gone forever. I also think it's not just a benefit for Anna J. It's great to see her get that kind of big faction push. I think it's really good for the Dark Order to get a, yeah. a lady member in there. Dylan from Cork. Hey, Dylan. Uh, Vince Russo, cameo-getting fan. Hey, Ashleen as well. Uh, suffering from one hell of a hangover this morning. <laughs> I wonder why. But really enjoyed this episode of Dynamite this morning. A bad Don looks absolutely insane. Jam that jam. Copyright of Andy Datsun. Uh, while you were uh, reading one of those super chats that I just uh, read through, I, I did quickly listen, re-listen to Justin Roberts' introduction of her. Abaddon is right. Abaddon. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to reference the jam that jam as well, get your jam that jam t-shirt. Uh, my lady partner said, what is the design? And I said, it's a jam jar <laughs> with the moustache of Hulk Hogan on. And I couldn't finish the sentence without <laughs> laughing. It's like this quite impromptu guffawing. Uh, if you anyone who buys a Jam That Jam t-shirt before the end of June will be entered into a competition to win an Adam Blompier-signed Quizzlemania trophy. Wow. And, I, and I know you don't watch uh, shows you're not a part of, uh, but on last night's Quizzlemania, I also announced that if I see someone wearing this t-shirt at a wrestling show, I will buy them a pint. Nice. That that's such a heel promise when there's <laughs> going to be no fans at wrestling shows for months and months and months. Uh, friends and family is what's allowed now. <laughs> Lena Bliss, as a lover of horror movies, I'm so into Abaddon. Abaddon. You are a uh, horror movie fan, Luke? I am. I am indeed. And do you know what else I'm a fan of? Rob bloody zombie. So her being the living dead girl is right within my wheelhouse. Really, really like that. Gavin Elks, did anybody notice another Cody Four Horsemen tease? So maybe it wasn't so much the the four of people of the elite. The, were, you, were you teasing a, a Four Horsemen? Yeah, four, that's what you, yes. Come on, man. So sorry, I thought he was about the the four. There's only four people in the elite left no, now. He's, no, he's teasing Four Horsemen. That's pretty cool. Cody getting his own four horsemen. That'd be wicked. Scratching his face, then chest deliberately with four fingers. Not in a natural way. Needs to happen. It's too yeah, subtle gonna, for this idiot. I was going to say, as someone who then tried to scratch his beard with four fingers, it is an unnatural way of doing it. Sam Wall. When Sammy got crotched on the top rope, he said, oh, my Spanish God, <laughs> instead of, oh, my God. Very good. The guy's great. Degenerate forever 84 in Supernatural. Oh. Abaddon. I'm I'm stressing so much over it now. I can't even remember the right way. Abaddon means night of hell. So maybe that. That's and, what I was. Uh, and you know what, dude? The easiest way to remember this is that you know, night of hell, Abba. That's all you need to remember. So there you go. Like the two are intrinsically linked together. Do you not like I'm Abba? Not, I'm I'm not, I'm not a fan of Abba. No, not really. Like they are perfectly fine pop music, but it's. <laughs> Now we're going to be on the opposite side of the screen. Now the names are wrong. Hey! Hey! Ho-ho! Come on. I'll, come on now. We're here now. Uh, and uh, they, he says, live you, live you guys. I think that means love. Hashtag jam that jam. Uh, and Lena Bliss, finally for now, would be into a female Dark Order member. 
totally yeah, agree. Totally. And like that really adds some storylines into that women's division as well, which uh, and you know some real big characters, which is uh, really needed. I do want to also stress as well. I think Abra are, are fine. I think their pop music is very very good. It's just it's Come. not really. It's just not my cup of tea. Some of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, Look, remember, let's, get let's, your... their, song, their songs are catchy, but so is syphilis. Remember. Get your Jam That Jam t-shirt. The views of Lou Cohen on ABBA do not reflect <laughs> the views of Wrestle Talk. I think oh, we're going to have words in the morning call tomorrow, mate. We can have words. I, and in um, more words than the fact that you stabbed me in the back on diplomacy uh, this morning. <laughs> a week long, a week into a game called Diplomacy, folks, and we all hate each other. Like everyone is stabbing me in the back right now. The, the whole the point was to gang up on game. Adam. The tagline of the game is called Ruining Friendships Since 1950-something. <laughs> uh, also, not just Jam That Jam, you can support us in another way, and that is becoming a pledge hammer on Patreon, because Luke, what just went up there? Oh, I'll tell you what just went up there. Our review of Dominion 2018. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, that's a show that sounds familiar. I think I might have heard that name before. You sure have, because that's the show with Kazuchika Ricardo versus Kenny Omega four there's that four again um the sing it is the greatest wrestling match of all time like it's not it, 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 there's no debate around it there is no discussion to be had it's the greatest wrestling match ever um yes. i know some people have said the 60 minute time limit draw is better and you know what you, there is an argument for that really yeah. is an argument for that but personally for me the number four is the greatest wrestling match ever um it's incredible and- we when we sat down to record it we uh, we had like to do something at three it was like well we'll record at two there's no way we can talk about the main event for an hour well guess what folks we talked about the main event for an hour it's there's so much to talk about it's so good with Tempest, if you enjoyed Tempest, Brian Joyce on last night's Quizzlemania, he's a New Japan expert, so we got him in to sort of fill in all our knowledge gaps. That's mm. very interesting. So let's do a play-by-play of last night's Dynamite. Um, I'm pretty sure this was a new intro. If uh, it's been going before, I apologize. No, they they basically change it every week. Do they? Yeah. How did I only notice it this week? I have no idea. I I sometimes oh, wow. don't know. I sometimes don't notice it because that's when I'm creating my document uh, mm. in in Google Drive to start taking my notes. Well, it was very cool. Well done, AEW. That's good. Uh, And it opened with the tag team title match. Some people have been saying, oh, you should pay attention. This is why they got a shot above every other person in the rankings and the best friends put their shot on the line for Fighter Fest. But whatever. Uh, I, I do pay close attention. And... I don't think this is the most effective way to structure your rankings. Either have proper rankings and give title shots to people who only get to the top or don't have them. I completely agree. I, I think the fact that like Hangman Page and Kenny Omega have had like two title defenses 
uh, in the lead up to them feuding. Like surely what you want to be doing now is building up the feud with best friends as opposed to building up who is going to be facing for the titles at Fighter Fest. Like we've already established who that's going to be. It was best friends. They won their match at, at Double or Nothing on the buy-in. So let's just focus on that now because do you know what? You've already started on that in the in the QT Marshall um, area, arena area part of this show when you had the feud between Kenny and Trent. So just build on some of that now that Hangman's back because what I, I I want to get back to the the dissension between Hangman and Omega. I want to get back into that dynamic. I want to see more of Kenny and Trent and how Chucky gets into all of this. I love the fact that best friends are also feuding within a circle. That's fine. You can do that. But it also then muddles this when you've got them defending their titles every couple of weeks. Like you say, you either have the ranking system or you don't. Yeah. Um, so this started off with the nightmare uh family no the natural nightmares my apologies going against hangman page and kenny omega this was announced last week and it was it was a decent opener um mm. it, it wasn't as good as the last tag match that page and omega had um but qt marshall was pretty fun got got to hit a di diamond cutter in there uh ali who has sort of been flirting weirdly with cutie marshall so she's dating cutie marshall do you know how she's much so him. i actually watched a bit of dark this week like i had a spare sort of five to eight minutes in my working day so i'm like do you know what i'm gonna watch something from dark and the which i went to go watch was uh ali and brandy Rhodes had been forced to tag together and i was like you know what they're doing this storyline on dynamite i'm actually gonna take i'm gonna look into this and it was actually it was fine like it was it was it was okay. It does not belong on dynamite, so probably best to put it on dark. Um, so yeah, it, but you know, it was it was fine. So I now have more of a grasp on this story. Ali and Cutie Marshall are dating, but Brandy doesn't like it and does not trust her. Um, and yeah, they were miscom you know mistrust this that, and the other. They still picked up the win. Yeah, I thought there was Ali was going to play into the finish some way here. Like that's the whole reason she's been part of this story. But no, she just watched on, uh, didn't interfere at all. As we got the V trigger buckshot lariat sandwich, so cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they retained like you said. Uh, yes. But the the most fun thing here, apart from a lot of swears, there are a lot a lot of bleeped words from people swearing at each other in the ring, was Britt Baker in the crowd Britt baker somehow injured is the best thing on dynamite at the moment yes she has created a pulley system to send notes up to tony shivani on commentary she's moved her rolls royce to be closer to tony so she can give him messages i love Britt baker i just think she's so so great in this character and it's almost like she's gotten better since she got injured and yeah. it's it's absolutely amazing work and i i love this frenemy relationship between her and tony because tony seems so innocent in all of this and it's such a knob about it <laughs> it's just so it's quite lovely who i if you said all right we're gonna take Britt baker we're gonna turn her heel i mean okay yeah that's good we're gonna sort of create this relationship with tony shivani as well i mean whoa whoa whoa, whoa. That's not going to work. <laughs> I, I can't see that happening. But my bloody God, 
It's one of the most entertaining things on the whole promotion right now. And that's just a that's just a part of Baker's overall character. On top of that, you've got the conspiracy theory with Aubrey Edwards. You've got Rebel. Oh, I can't remember her name. It is Rebel. Here. It's still Rebel. Rebel. I think I think they call her Rebel. Don't they? She calls her Reba because she Reba. doesn't know her well, name. Rebel from TNA. It's just like her helper. She's there. There's the feud with Big Swole. There's the giant wheelchair Rolls Royce thing. This is incredibly fleshed out character work. It's it's terrific. And it led to some really fun stuff on this show as well. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Um, after that, we got that Anna Jay Abaddon 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 <sighs> match. With that, uh, we we've already talked about the stuff, but yeah, Colt Cabana was given a envelope from Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, and I, I now looking back on it, I, it's I'm pretty sure it's a contract. I think yes. that's quite a fun. It's a fun so- thing to play into. So what it was, it would, they, the commentator said later on in the show, it was a match contract for him to tag with Brody Lee uh, for next week's show. Uh, and they did like a social media interview with Colt Cabana where he said he hasn't joined the Dark Order. Uh, he said, I talk to a lot of wrestlers. It's just that the cameras caught me talking to Brody Lee. You know, I was also talking to Sonny Kiss. I was talking to Private Party. It doesn't mean I'm joining their teams. And he, he gave a character reason as to why he's accepted this match which is he's lost his previous two dynamite matches, the high profile ones that he was granted against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. How many more like, so I shouldn't really be granted any more high profile matches by AEW's booking team because I haven't proved myself. So when an opportunity arises for me to have a high profile tag match, yeah, I'm going to accept it, but it doesn't mean I'm joining the dark order. That's, that's really nice character work there because it's, it's, it's a slow term. It's a slow descent into the heel tactics. Like this isn't a babyface move to team with the Dark Order, but it's not a fully heel one as well. When you give it that reasoning, really, really nice stuff there. Uh, I hope they lean into the contract offers more. You know, to, as part of the whole Mister McMahon gimmick that is totally not a part of the Mister Brody Lee character. It's a nope. mafia thing. Remember, it, it's totally coincidental. Uh, not I've got a to thing say- on WWE. I've got to say, though, when Brody Lee was, like, offering out his hand to Anna Jay, he looked so cool. And, like, the, like the whole group behind him. I, I, we did have our reservations of how this was all going to fit, like, this, you know, third or fourth iteration of the Dark Order that we've had, how it was all going to fit together. And, man, it, it works so well. This, this, like, this, they got it now. Yeah, this version of the faction feels like you could suddenly do the angle that they tried last December. And I'd be like, okay, here we go now, as opposed to where the F has this come from? I hate this. Look at that guy's punches. Um, I I got quite excited, actually, when that contract was handed over, because initially it was an envelope. I thought, is that like a command? Is it just like on the paper? Is it going to say, beat her up? And Colt mm. Cabana would have to get in the ring and be like, do you want me to beat up Anna Jay as like a, an initiation thing? I don't, and then like he says, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. But you slowly chip away at him. Uh, but this, this is also very effective. Um, after that, we got MJF versus Billy Gunn, which was set up on last week's show. Just a really, really smart way to give MJF a very credible win. 
my like fa- there were so many fun spots in this that I really liked, but my favorite was the one that was right at the start where MJF tries to an arm drag, cannot do it because Billy Gunn's too big. So he just pretends that he was trying to shake his hand the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like a show of respect. It was so funny. There was lots of tomfoolery like that. MJF, you know, at one point walks off, says he's had enough. Billy Gunn walks backstage and carries him back out. And you could be like, ooh, I'm not a fan of the big legend guy dominating the young guy so much. Seems counterproductive for what AEW are trying to achieve. But in the middle part of the match, MJF turned that on his head, viciously went for Gunn's angle. And all of a sudden, the story was this young, very talented heel is just killing the legend of this of billy gum uh, yeah. but it did require wardlow's interference after the fame arsa slipped in the diamond ring the punch got the victory yeah 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 smart smart finish i, I really really like this stuff uh, and then afterwards mjf uh, got into an argument with jurassic express who he'd been sort of like mouthing off to afterwards and then there's a, a massive uh, fight broke out like way bigger than it probably should have been for mjf versus jungle boy just like the entire roster was out there to break it up I enjoyed it though. I yeah, thought that was really it was like pretty it. cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that eternal that the eternal feud nature to their relationship. Uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara spoke to Alex Marvez backstage about Orange Cassidy. Uh, then we got Tony Schiavone next to uh, Britt Baker on her Rolls Royce, and Britt Baker's there thinking, oh, "Okay, here's my weekly interview segment. It's going to be all about me." But Tony just says, oh, "I'm here to announce that." Penelope Ford will take on Sheeta at Fighter Fest. How do you feel about that, Britt? And Britt was pissed off because it wasn't all about her. So she said, "Let get me out of here. I'm not going to speak to you, Tony. We're on a friendship timeout. And that's when it's revealed that Rebel is no longer driving her sort of go. There are so many golf carts in this stadium. A golf cart thrown thing. Big swole is. Yeah, and Big and Swole big... just drove off with her. This was some like the good part of the zany comedy of the Attitude Era. It was that kind of skit. Big Big Swole got to do the Undertaker. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, was fantastic. I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and like it's a, it's nice that we're we're building to. Uh, Britt Baker versus Big Swole likely for All Out. I think that's really cool. Like You could do some good stuff now building Big Swole over the next couple of months leading into August to have the big high-profile match when Britt Baker comes back. Definitely. Um, after that, we got the Cody Rhodes versus uh, Ricky Starks match, which we've already talked about. Hager's watching on from backstage, by the way. Uh, this is to keep their feud going for Fighter Fest. And then we got the Young Bucks versus the Super Bad Squad of Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. And this was a fine, this was a decent match, but I just couldn't stop thinking about all the bloody tag teams. My God, AEW has all the tag teams. Holy crap, how can it get any better? This episode of Dynamite had six different tag teams where you're like, wow, okay, they all feel like really big established tag teams. This match had two other tag teams that were involved in this. And then you think there are other tag teams that aren't even on this show. Like the Lucha Brothers weren't on this show. Um, Private Party weren't on this show. LAX weren't on this show. And it's like, it just keeps going. And none of them feel like they're rubbish. Like, I, that you said it quite brilliantly. They've established tiers. 
Like they, there isn't just tag teams. There is a tag team division where you have people who feel like main event tag teams, people who feel like mid-card tag teams, and people who feel like establishing tag teams. It's really, really great. Yeah, because you, you look at the tag division and you're like, man, I guess it's Best Friends, it's Young Bucks, it's Omega and Page, it's Private Party. And then you're like, wait a second. No, no, you've got Omega and Page at the top. Then you've got the Bucks and I guess FDR and I guess Lucha Bros. And I also guess uh, maybe Best Friends. And then beneath that, you've you've probably got Best Friends, actually, that the... the natural nightmares private party and then below that you've got like super bad squad maybe but even they've been doing really well you've got a proper you have a tag division that has the same amount of depth and storyline intrigue and feuds as the singles yeah and i've never seen that before you know my favorite eras of wwe have mostly been around three different tag teams i guess uh new japan has a junior and heavyweight tag division and the never open weight six man tags as well uh, but even them with all their it's a it's more like multi-man factions as opposed to teams that represent the lineups there this is like when AEW promised that they are going to revolutionize tag team wrestling i in my wildest optimistic dreams couldn't have imagined the level of talent they'd be able to accommodate here and get over it's incredible and i hope it does build to a tag match main event in a pay-per-view. I think that's going to be the big homecoming moment. So AEW have lucked out, not lucked out. They have prospered. They have profited from WWE's disinterest in tag team wrestling. Like in the way that WWE's big push for the women's evolution and women's revolution really hindered AEW signing up any talent because WWE hoovered up all of the talent around the independent circuit to build the Mae Young Classic and NXT and NXT UK and the main roster and stuff. So AEW didn't really have a lot of people to choose from. WWE hates tag team wrestling. And so AEW have been able to be like, well, cool. We'll just hoover up all the tag teams then. We'll hoover up all the best independent talent and create this division here. And it's prospered because of it, because now the tag division feels like I think I'm actually currently more interested in the tag division than I am the singles division, the men's singles division. Yeah, I, I would agree, especially off of, yeah, ever since, <clears throat> excuse me, the Omega page, which is really a singles storyline, I suppose is the best thing in going in the tag division. And that's that's not to slight the rest of the tag division. It's just to say that's one of the best storylines <laughs> in wrestling at the moment. To, to have that at the top, it just shows the tag division is so good that even single stars are stepping into it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's magnificent. This match was, you know, really good, uh, as you'd expect, that Jimmy Havoc tried to use some kind of mallet, but... Uh, uh, Penelope Ford hit Nick Jackson behind the referee's back as he was trying to use that. There was some sort of shenanigans, but the Bucks won in the end, and that kicked off this big brawl with the Butcher and the Blade and FTR who would come out to watch at ringside as well. And that's when yeah. you're like, my God, there are so many teams. So the Bucks during this got into a bit of a, an argument with Butcher and Blade who were watching at ringside, and then FTR just come out. Not again, like they said in their promo a couple of weeks ago, not to protect the Young Bucks, not to be on the side. They don't want the Young Bucks to have excuses when they beat them, which I, I just love as a story. I think it's so, so smart. And yeah, yeah, and at the end of this, you had um, 
FTR doing their mind breaker, their new uh, spike pile driver move. But you've and then on the other side of that, you've got the Bucks doing a version of the Meltzer driver. So you've got the flashiness of the Bucks versus the old school of FTR in stereo. Really, really smart bit of like just sort of staging and stuff to build up to their eventual match, which I cannot wait for. It's not just a match about who is the better team. It's about what is the better wrestling philosophy. It's so much bigger than that. Chef's kiss. Chef's yes. kiss. I think um, Dax uh, shared the the graphic of um, uh, Superbad Squad versus the Young Bucks on Instagram being like, oh, I bet there'll be a loads of psychology in this match. <laughs> um, after that, we got Taz cutting an awesome promo on John Moxley with Brian Cage standing next to him. Uh, Taz is just terrific. He's so believable. He's full of piss and vinegar, really. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's all about like, you think you're the miserable get? I'm the miserable get, and it's really well done. Um, Brian Cage also spoke at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, it was fine, but it wasn't to the level where I think he should have. I think he's a lot more effective right now, staying silent, letting Taz do the talking. It's not that he was bad or anything. It's just he wasn't Taz. So yeah. why end the promo on him? I agree. Yeah, but I thought Monster's uh, promo was also very good. Yeah, yeah, Mox got a sort of more pre-taped vignette off the back of that, which was really good. I'm I'm low-key very excited for this feud. Um uh, but I'm just after that tag division segment. I, I couldn't stop thinking about that. Like the tag belts were now the main event in my eyes. Uh then we cut back to the arena and we find Britt Baker, yes. who has been dumped in a skip by Big Swole. Rebel finds her there. And oh my god. This was just excellent levels of campiness. Baker gets gets up from out the skip and she's got mascara running everywhere and she has a banana peel on her head. And with that banana peel on her head, she says, I will get my revenge on you, big swole. That is like, that is such beautiful heel comeuppance. Yeah, she's like, you will pay, not just in the ring, but also in actual cash. I'm going to sue you for everything you're worth. Do you know what? I, I, we've given a lot of praise to Britt Baker. I think we really need to give some praise to how good Rebel is in all of this as well. Like her selling of Baker's demands and stuff. The fact that in this promo, or in this segment, Baker fired her and rehired her, had to go at, like, asked her to send a text message, had to go at her for sending a text message, <laughs> and then asked her to send a text message again. Like, it's, yeah. and Rebel selling of all of this is really, really good. Like, the partnership is, it works wonderfully. And yeah, Baker coming out like Oscar the Grouch to cut this promo on, on Big Swall. I'm genuinely really into this feud. Really, really am. Yeah, yeah, because we're going to have the Swole match, then hopefully maybe a Sheeda title match or whoever's the champion when Britt Baker's available to to compete again. And then, yeah, it's going to be that story of Rebel rising up against her. Just mm -hmm. great stuff. Uh, the main event was Best Friends versus Inner Circle with that tag team title shot on the line. Matt Hardy came out to uh, sort of do guest commentary as well. Um, this this was this was good. Yeah, I it's good it's, yeah, that there's a level of wrestling on AEW um, where it's all of 
you know, of a very high level, really. So this was just a standard, very good match. That's it. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch, if you watch NXT on a weekly basis, you do get used to the fact that it's just like, oh, yeah, there's really good matches every single week on television. So when it comes mm. down to talking about it with your friends, or in this case, you know, us, us talking to you guys, our other friends, um, you're like, yeah, another consistently good match. It sounds like you're not into it. It sounds like it's like it's damning with faint praise, but like, no, no, it's, it's excellent wrestling. It's just that there were also three other excellent wrestling matches on this show. Whereas like on a diff on a different show, perhaps, where you might have one excellent match and ten other pretty rubbish matches, that one excellent match is really gonna stand out. So it's it's certainly not damning to say, like, oh god, another excellent <laughs> wrestling match as the main event of this show. And it was another excellent match. It's got some problems in there because you've got best friends putting their tag title match on the line against the sex gods. The storyline reasoning for it is there. You know, the, the sex gods, Jericho, like they wanted a match against Jericho because of what Jericho did to them uh, last week in Orange Cassidy. And Jericho said, the only way I'm going to give you this match is if you put your number one contendership on the line. That's all fine. But I don't think AEW did a good enough job of establishing that's mm -hmm. the storyline going into this. Like it feels like that was all just done on Twitter. And then you're and then you're watching the show with them assuming you've seen all that stuff on Twitter, so you're already caught up, which is one of my I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling, kind of modern day wrestling, is that companies just assume that you are tapped into everything. And some people aren't. I'm 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 in my mid 30s. I'm trying to buy a house. I've got other things on my mind. Like I can't be tapped into all of this. So I do need the show to say this is what the story is. Are you now caught up? Plus, it's it's not the most effective way to tell the story. If you really wanted to make it a big deal, as opposed to just oh, we need a stake for this match or kind of a a reason for it to happen, have an angle on this show which sets up the match for next week. You know, yeah. okay, we we will put on a or like the inner circle get orange cassidy and threaten to beat him up even more and the best friends are like all right we'll put the shot on the line something like that and then you know do do a couple of weeks where it's also hangman page and omega involved in all this make it seem like the inner circle are gonna get that tag title shot so yeah that there is a more effective way to tell this story i agree yeah. um but but the best friends retained. Uh, Trent, they're still putting him over very strong. He kicked out of the Floyd baseball attack and the shooting star press from Sammy Guevara. I really saw the future in this. You know, when you get these glimpses like a crystal ball, I'm like, oh, Trent versus Jericho. Like, I can totally see Jericho wanting to do a program with Trent and maybe even putting him over at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the other thing I really, really liked about this match is that because there was that tag title shot on the line in this, it did actually add, you know, neat stakes to this match. And when they hit, they hit Trent with the baseball bat and the shooting star press. I did really buy into that near fall mm -hmm. of like, oh my God, the sex is going to win this and possibly delay the best friends, Kenny Omega uh, and Hangman Page match. But like, no, like they put over best friends very, very strong in this. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Orange Cassidy reveals himself as a crew member and actually gives some effort and starts wailing on Jericho. And that's how the, the show went off air. And this is why the Orange Cassidy character is so, so great. And I think why a lot of people don't really like if people just see gifts of Orange Cassidy, you don't get it. But when you actually watch watch him perform and then you watch him in a segment like this, you're like, oh, right. 
yeah, I really do get what's going on. I really understand what, what this character is all about. So yeah, so he was a cameraman on the outside. He actually tripped Sammy Guevara at the end of the match to lead to the finish. And they were putting, I was like, oh, like even the cameramen don't like Sammy Guevara. That kid really <laughs> can't catch a break. And then he reveals himself to, to be Orange Cassidy. And it's not Cassidy doing the, oh, oh, you know, his, his low effort super kicks. This was Cassidy pissed off. This was Cassidy just being like, I'm abandoning the pretense and I'm going straight in for the, the kill on Jericho. And that was really effective because you're like, whoa, I'm not, I wasn't expecting that side of him. It's just a genius, genius character. And yeah, I was I really, really liked this angle. For, you know, and then and then after he's done that and sent Jericho packing, then he goes back to being Orange Cassidy. The jacket comes on, the glasses are on, so he can stand there to be hugged by the best friends. It's just wonderful stuff. Yeah, really good. Looking forward to that eventual singles match. Uh, so overall, I kind of similar to the it's just a very good match again. I gave this an, uh, a middle of the roads, a three out of five. Yeah, it it, it was all very good, but, you know, by AEW's own very high standards, it's an average show. Yeah, I mean, basically, AEW's average show is a four out of five show. Like that is, uh, that is the way to look at it. So you, ha- you kind of have to adjust things uh, and to make that now the three out of five show, which makes mm. it sound like you are damning you are damning it. But actually, I was really really impressed with this, and I very much like every week I enjoy Dynamite. It's really really good television. Yeah, definitely. Right, so the rest of your super chats. Mark Farley, who does Orange Cassidy face at All Out in reality and dream match? Ooh, I don't know of that one. Because I thought they might do the Jericho match at All Out, but they're doing it at Fighter Fest. So, uh, yeah, I thought they might stretch it out. Well, we wait and see. I'm not sure on that well, one. Or you do Jericho and Sammy versus Cassidy and Tyson as the, the big celebrity match. Uh, Josh DeDominics, I noticed in the main event, Colt Cabana was still just sitting there holding the envelope, staring off into space. I noticed that too as well. Amazing character work. Great bit of character work there. Yeah, that is, I didn't spot that, but that is really nice. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, one thing that got people excited about AEW initially was fast-paced action. They seem to be slowing down, doing more rest holds lately. Thoughts? I hadn't noticed. No, I don't think that's the case. Um, maybe it's just FTR in the tag division. I don't know. No, yeah. uh, Matthew Robinson. Love Brit's part with putting Skiavani and Friendship Time out. And then later with Reba at the trash can. Look, love how she took being fired as being free. <laughs> Such a great partnership. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Robinson. I love the Dark Order making moves. They are elevating their numbers in a really good story way. Do you know, what, actually, the other thing I did watch from Dark was um, Uno and Grayson had a tag match because I just like I've missed seeing them have tag matches. Uno and, and Grayson are a tag team. I know there's another one. And um, and they they had their match. Brody Lee wasn't out with them, but they did have the other members of the Dark Orders. They had Re- uh, Reynolds and, and Silver, I think is the other one, and 10 and 5, I think, were also there. And just the four of them standing at the top of the ramp, just staring on the match, really, like, it just bolstered the, the whole image of the Dark Order. It was really cool. Matthew Robinson. I love the venue that they have been using. Love that you see the sun out for the first matches and it gives you a totally different vibe from the end of the show in the dark. Mm. Yes, very nice. It was a really beautiful shot where you could see sort of the Florida sunset, that kind of 
Miami Vice neon sky that they have. Uh, James Hanley, a Cody heel turn makes sense if you view it from the scope of the TNT title. He can never win the world title, so instead will hold the TNT title with an iron fist until Darby takes it off him. Yeah, that was the... Uh, so I, my fantasy booking I had with Adam for my Cody heel turn, which is that because he can't he can't go for the AEW World Championship now. So the elite effectively give it to him when it's been vacated as like a really good will gesture of like, you have earned this. And now that he's got it, he never wants to let it go. And that's what fuels the heel turn. So you could do that with the TNT title. I, I, yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. He is a baby face forever. How dare you all? The merciless, the merciless. Do you think Abaddon will Abaddon. be the AEW <laughs> Women divisions equivalent of the fiend or something close to him. I think just because they're no, because the fiend is totally different to yeah. I think just because they're spooky characters, um, yeah, fiend is totally totally different. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, sort of a gothic character like an Undertaker and what Bray Wyatt is doing, which is you know split identities, just a whole nother level of storytelling. Sir Chewith, I will say it kind of was Ali's fault for QT to lose. She persuaded him to go to the top rope, which is what DDP told him not during the old promos. Hmm. Mm, very nice. That's interesting. That's, that's a n- nice bit of detail there. Well spotted, Sir Chewith. Miguel 8A. So happy to see Abaddon. There it is. Back on the AEW, after her first appearance, I went on a dive into all her matches. Have to say she is awesome. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. A lot of love for her in the chat. Shannon Smith, I like the new results of AEW Dark Show now. Yes, it was scrolling on a ticker along the bottom. Yeah, really, really nice. Because that's the one thing we've said about Dark since it came in is like you should try and make it feel a bit more important because they do a lot of stuff on dark that then plays off into dynamite but they never show dark like they never show like recap like they've done it a handful of times whereas like well if you got this use it to fuel the storyline like show us and yeah you know, show don't tell um and so yeah so i actually really like the fact they had the results there it makes dark feel like a big deal yeah over to you mon frere Uh, On AEW-related discussion point, Nick Corvello says, I'm glad for the women's division progress, but they still need to do more work in the Sheeda-Ford title feud. Completely agree. Why didn't they confront each other this week? Sheeda deserves better than a boring reign. Also, she needs mic time and promos. Certainly promo packages, absolutely. And like, it, it really what kind of hit me home with that is that Ford was just out there as the valet for the super bad squad match. Like she didn't feel like that world title contender because she was the valet for a team. And like, there's nothing wrong with being a valet. If you're not presented as being just the person who goes in there to do some interference spots. And she didn't feel like she was a world title contender. So yeah, no, I completely Mm. agree with Nick on that one. Uh, British Anger says Omega Page didn't defend the belt for two months uh, of Carino insanity. Again, title shots align, but are not, but are not limited to specifically ranking. Omega Page didn't defend for about two months because of Steve Carino insanity. Title shots align with, but are not limited to ranking specifically. Right. Yeah. So they're saying that you can get title shots whenever, but the being at the top of the rankings sort of guarantees you a title shot yeah but, okay, i think but, i think that's clunky i was going to say the problem is that they're having their cake and eating it like mm. they are they're doing both like you, you do one or the other like and you can't do both at the same time um also i think have your cake and eat it is one of the more clunky uh phrases that we have in the english vernacular because what else are you going to do with a cake like 
Of course, you're going to eat it. Um, Matthew Robinson, after the Mox Cage match, who should face Mox next? Uh, Luke, will your marriage survive another week of Quizzle Mania? Um, yes, I, I believe so. Now, I mean, I'll be honest, she wasn't best pleased. Uh, you know, this morning uh, we were just lying in bed. She goes, did you win last night? I was like, yes. And she's like, oh, my God, come on. What did it cost? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know about uh, Mox. I mean, we don't know if Mox is retaining, so who knows, mate? We'll have to find out when we get there. Uh, so yeah, I really like the extra layer of being able to use one's rankings as a desperation bartering chip, like if someone needs revenge in a blood feud. Hopefully, AEW gets better at conveying these transactions on TV. Yes, that's exactly it, Sawyer. It's perfectly good as a storyline thing, is that you've got to convey that story better. Uh, Myron Speed, Britt and Sammy are the MVPs right now. So good. Congrats on the retention, Luke. Ollie, don't hide under a mask next week. Uh, <laughs> Rampage, it was great. Jam that jam. Yeah, that was definitely me. I knew that much. Christopher Jazzcat, the tag division is the best thing about AEW. Hopefully they eventually bring in Red Dragon. Their old matches with the Young Bucks were amazing. That would be too much to have Bobby Fish <laughs> and Carlo Riley in there as well. I mean, the, the tag division is incredible at AEW, about AEW, but I don't think it's their best thing. I think they've got multiple best things. That was, that's what makes it so good. Mm. Uh, Shall I uh, take over? You take over, please. Zane Brenzel. If Cody got his own horseman, who is your dream members? Should he recruit like the Dark Order, but with main eventers? FTR as the new Arnon Tully? Well, FTR did say that they didn't want to be part of like a group. I think I think one of them said something about that. So, I mean, yeah, FTR would be perfect. Do you know what? I'd mm. like to see Sean in the group because then you have like Arn and Tully as like, you know, originating members there as sort of like now the new mentors. And you have yeah. Cody and, and Sean Spears in there with their history as well. I think that'd be really nice, um, particularly if they're feuding with someone like Darby Allen. you know, as, as sort of like if you put Darby in the dusty role effectively. If MJF hadn't broken up that friendship and we were still in that, I think that would have been a, a terrific member as well. Saxon H, with all the Steve Carino news from WWE, do you think Seth will stop appearing as Becky is pregnant? I fully expect that to happen anyway. I, mm. you know, his 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 fiance is pregnant. I, I imagine he'll be stepping away in the next couple of months. There's yeah. no, it, it'll be very irresponsible if he if he continues to work. I think, uh, Sats Vault. How would AJ Styles say Abaddon? Abaddon. <laughs> Abaddon. British, British anger. Golf carts equals Florida. So that's why there's so many there. Michael Dominguez. If Owen Hart, if Owen Hart was born 25 years uh, later, versus versus Omega equals greatness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Would have been incredible. Jobber JJ 496 Street Profits Viking Raiders was afraid of Brit. Ah, because in the dumpster, maybe. Mm -hmm. Could be. Uh, I've got a couple over here as well. Nate Drop Surname says, you're going to have to start watching Dark now that they post the results along the bottom and reference it on Dynamite. Can't wait for Jericho and Orange Cassidy support each other. I still don't yeah, have enough time itch. in the week to, to watch uh, to watch Dark. Um, Pace of Dawn, Ollie, are you making sure the audience in your reviews is getting tested for Carino? Seems like some uh, someone seems to cough a lot. Well, uh, it's friends and family, so we're we're definitely safe there. Uh, my, the the cuddly section. <laughs> On the subject of WrestleTalk related, um, Good Harmer says, I sent two times the Super Chat on the wrong place. Just want to thank you guys for the lovely time. Started with WrestleTalk a few months before Luke joined. I miss Luke mimicking Ollie on the start of the Wrestle Ramble so much. 
ah, the good old people hated me doing that for a while. That was that got me massive amount of heat. Um, just no, yes. Uh, Luke, have you read or seen a man called Ove? I have not. No, I have not. Uh, Nick Corvello. Hey, guys, wanted to say apologies for my pessimistic <laughs> stupid chats. I'm just really worried about the women's division success. Just want to say thanks for doing these reviews. As always, glad I pulled an all-nighter to join today. Thank you very much. Nice to have you here. Oh, we're glad you joined too, Nick. Uh, that's. I, I think we've all been a bit pessimistic about the women's division recently just because, you know, every time we put our faith in AEW to treat them better, they, they just go back to the old copy and paste stuff. So... It's it's not unfounded pessimism, but yes, I think there's more reason to be optimistic now. Uh, Mundi, could we have Sean wear a luchador mask next time he's on the show? It'll make it easier to look at that poor, miserable man. <laughs> LOL, jam that jam. <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp. Alistair Gammond, Ollie, don't go wasting your emotions on Luke. Is that because of your tweet? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. we, we don't have that. <laughs> Little fuck there, mate. <laughs> Did you think you'd get away with that? No, I did it. I just I've been saving it. Oh dear. <laughs> We're in our thirties. Very good. <laughs> I'm trying to buy my second house. Um, <laughs> Sir Chirith, where to, Steph? Uh, I mean, Doctor. God damn it! Uh, and lastly, from Christopher Jazzcat. Holy crap! They could even bring in Steen Erico. Oh, imagine oh. that! Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen and El Generico, the versions there. Uh, well, neither of them are working in WWE at the moment, but I think yeah. their contracts will take them up for ages. I, I'm just so glad that we got a um, uh, the debut of the Omni Flare on uh, the Russell Talk podcast. People think it's a different sound effect. No, nope, I'm, nope. I'm busting out uh, <laughs> parps, controlled parps, parps fun known, parps fun. Here's Ollie hailing. <laughs> well, well, well. I Yeah, little, it's a little pop at the end there. You were holding it in for quite a while. Uh, so I, I tried to play it off like I planned that. But the truth is, we record these after lunch for me. And I get a bit parpy around this time. And every single one for the whole of lockdown so far has been, has not picked up on the microphone. I don't know if you can, you can sort of, you know, you can, you can you let see the movement. Bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you kind of, but sometimes they catch you by surprise. That time I got cocky. I've had three <laughs> months of no farts being picked up on the microphone and it just, uh, <laughs> just came out. Uh, it was, I, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I it was I'm just glad good. I'm not the first person to have farted on Wrestle Talk content. That would no, always but... go to Andy Datsun. In fairness, Andy thought it was going to be edited out. Uh, uh, <laughs> more for him, to be honest. It was never going to be edited out, mate. Uh, how is your? I, I don't really get to ask you about your weekends coming up now because you uh, you're too busy for us marks on the magazine show. So uh, how how are your? Sorry, doing six 
Wrestle Talk news episodes a week for three months. Have you got any plans for this weekend? Well, it's Father's Day here in the UK, and uh, I am going to go down to my parents' garden and surprise them uh, on on the day. And it's going to be hard not to hug, I think. And I'm mm. pretty sure there's everyone's going to cry. It's going to be yeah. weird. It's going to be weird because we're all just going to have to stand there in the garden, two meters apart, crying at each other, <laughs> and then have cups of tea. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it sounds nice because at least you get to to see your parents. Um, so, yeah, it, it's lovely in a way, but also... Man, I can't even imagine what it what it's going to be like. Because I'm, I mean, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to get to be able to see my folks until it's all over, like until lockdown is lifted. Because like they live, you know, three and a half hours away from here, which I'm not sure you could really say is essential travel. Uh, I'm not getting my eyes tested, so I definitely can't say it's essential travel. Um, and yeah, and I, it's it's a long way to go to just sort of sit in the garden two meters apart from each other and then drive all the way back in because I can't stay there. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, it's going to be weird kind of seeing people again. It's funny, I was talking to our uh, our social media manager about this and she was saying, like, you know, now that lockdown's sort of easing, are you guys going to be able to see each other? And I was like, no, because we all live so far apart from each other. Like, I'm not going to get to see you. I probably won't see you now until next year. Oh, my God, I didn't even think of that. Don't say that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's just it's just like, you know, we could in the grand scheme of things, you live an hour away in the car from me. Um, everyone else is kind of, you know, we, we could pr- probably about half an hour from Luke, Laurie and Pete. Um, mm-hmm. But we can't really go and see each other because uh, we'd have to use either public transport or we it's not like we can go into the office because we can't socially distance in the office. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Maybe when society gets to a point where we like we can effectively create pods, work mm-hmm. pods, uh, then we can go into the office because we know we're all seeing each other and no one else. But yeah, I, I think that that's a long way away, unfortunately. Indeed. Well, on to some brighter news. This is an email we had in from Nate who says, Dear Luke, Ollie, Adam, Pete, Laurie, and all you WrestleTalk studs, I mentioned, I emailed earlier this year that my wife had a very difficult pregnancy and not sure what was to come. Well, we welcomed our ninth child on January <laughs> 31st. And with all of the warm thoughts and prayers from everyone at the SWAP Nation and friends, Grace Jofine was welcomed to this world. After four hours in surgery, my wife is also doing very well. We're now four oh, months fantastic. later. We're now four months later. Everyone is doing awesome. We are cruising right along despite Steve Carino trying to keep us all away. Thank you for your content and the greatest podcast I've heard in some time, Quizzlemania. Thanks to all you do keeping me sane and helping my anxiety for the whole situation. Here is the whole family minus my wife because she hates pictures. So I uh, forwarded <laughs> this across to you the other day. Yes. Uh, but yeah, there is Nate and the nine children of the Porter family. Good grief. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Uh, well, actually, there's only there's there's eight children lined up in height order. Yes, and then the... there's another picture of a baby wrapped in an avocado blanket. Yes. Cool. <laughs> oh, congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that because, yeah, that was uh, I can only imagine what you must have been going through. Oof, that yeah. sort of worry that, you know, I, yeah, I just I, I couldn't even relate. 
Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, this is an email that comes in from Jordan. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, that's actually, so, I mean, I genuinely did not mean to do this. But that is an email that is specifically for the magazine show um, with oh, me and Adam. You so son I, of a bitch. I genuinely, I genuinely didn't mean to do that. I need to mark these better a little bit. Um, sorry about that, mate. Um, oh, sorry. That was, that was for the SmackDown podcast. Oh, no, that was for the magazine podcast. Did you, did you ever make these mistakes on the magazine one? Oh, no, sorry, that one's for Ollie. I bet you don't. <laughs> no, because we don't have any emails that are just for you and I anymore. This team has grown, has outgrown us, man. This podcast has no. outgrown us. I've got to start undermining people more. <laughs> uh, this one comes in from Matthew, who says, Hi, Ollie and Luke. Um, now that That's Anna for me- us. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm reading this out. I'm reading out a different email. Well, you said we don't get those anymore. I know. I was just making fun, mate. Just making a bit of light. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not unaware that I'm not on all the shows anymore. <laughs> Hi, Ollie and Luke. Now that Anna J seems to have joined the Dark Order, uh, do you think the Undisputed Era could benefit from having a female member? And who should it be? I guess of all the people, Marina Shafir would make the most sense. Yeah, uh, because she's married to Roddy. But really, the most, the best version would be Britt Baker joining Adam Cole. That would oh. be such a deliciously heel double act on TV. Yeah. But I'd almost want to see them two separate from the the Undisputed Era. Uh, so yeah, I, but I don't see that happening, and I, I don't know if it should. Um, there was a thing. There was a, one thing I wanted to cover with you before I left here. Ah ha ha ha! Yes. So on. Um, the other day, I mean, me and my wife have been laughing about this for the last couple of days. So you're not on the old uh, Twitter sphere, so um, you don't get to see a lot of this sort of content that gets shared around, this shareable sort of content. But it turns out Gen Zers, which is the generation after you and I, are now starting to get a bit mouthy about millennials. So you know the way that we have been making fun of boomers? They're now making fun of us. We're now the old people that the younger generation are making fun of. Having a pop at that, they, they need to show some respect. And now I know how Natalia feels with Liv Morgan. Um, so here, it, so someone posted up um, what Gen Z are saying about millennials in comments on TikTok videos. I, and these are like direct jabs. So this one says, uh, millennials are worried about their Harry Potter house and yet they're living in a one bedroom apartment. You're worrying about the wrong houses. Uh-huh. Well, worried yeah. about the Harry Potter house, as in which Harry Potter house are you part of? Are you Gryffindor? Are oh, you... I see that yeah. we've used some kind of escapist fantasy land to distract from the awful economic situation we inherited. That is funny. <laughs> and, and, and that's the other thing I was going to say. These are very, very good observations. One of those, like, they always seem to have combined Harry Potter houses like Gryffindor or something. Like, they've missed the whole point of Harry Potter. Like, then, <laughs> this is the book that was written for our generation, and apparently we've totally misread it. Um, what was the other one that really there's one of these that really made me laugh oh yeah people who um they're, they're making fun of people who use the term adulting uh and this one was like I, I i hate uh i hate adulting just give me a slice of pizza and wine like rebecca you're 32 and an alcoholic please sit down <laughs> so so what this seems to be a, a, a the theme is gen zers feel like they're more grown up than we are yes 
because they have they have like sort of we were born into technically boom years i suppose compared to gen z living through the financial crash of 2008 uh i mean we we had 2001 that was a pretty sobering early teenage situation this is someone's um like an asset like this is someone's review of millennials uh all they do is drink wine post cringy 90s kid memes talk about tech startups and lie and lie <laughs> that turned that turned really hurtful <laughs> <laughs> we get it you're a 90s kid yeah well yeah. it's good look forward to loads more 90s references for the next 10 years uh it's coming back hard I, well, do you know what? I, I've been saying this for the last 20 years, I, I would like to add. So during the early 2000s, everyone was obsessed with the 80s because we are in a we have a 20 year bubble, really 20 to 30 year bubble that, that, that you know, during the 70s, everyone was obsessed with the 50s. And then during the 90s, everyone was obsessed with the 70s. Then into the 2000s, everyone was obsessed with the 80s. Me, on the other hand, I was a 90s kid. I was like, no, 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 the 90s is way better. TV shows were better. Films were better. And I was like, I, I was obsessed with the 90s when I was a student, when everyone was like being like, oh, no, 80s, that's where it's at. I'm like, no, literally, Baywatch is a way better show than Knight Rider. Let's all get on board. And now, and I, I didn't stop dressing like I did in the 90s either. So it now feels quite nice that I'm now actually on the precipice of cultural touchstones because I'm 30 years behind the times. You're both ahead of the time and behind the time. Oh, yes. And now you've got that that decade period where it all lines up. Uh, even, I, I, you know, I was, I, I was 1988, so I, I was 12 through to, to the late 90s. Um, I, I, th I think I'm an, a noughties kid. All of my sort of formative things are noughties, really, that I mm. properly paid attention to speaking of which actually you know, my wife and i watched spider-man 2 over the weekends what a movie and because like she was like I, I really want to watch a marvel movie and i was like well we could watch far from home but like we were sort of trying to watch the mcu in order so i was like well let's not jump ahead to that we'll watch spider-man 2 and she was like is this the good one and i was like oh i mean this is the best spider-man movie and within 10 minutes she turned to me and was like and this is the good one. With <gasps> sort of like wide-eyed look. <laughs> and then about like, an hour... that's it, we're not getting the house anymore. I'm done. And then about an hour in, she was like, I mean, this is bad though, isn't it? Like it's no. really awful. Because oh, like she no. she was like, I mean, if you'd have told me that Toby Maguire and Kirsten Dunst had never met each other previously, I would believe you. But it's kind of all done in that weird Sam Raimi soap opera style. That's it. That's it. It was done when we didn't really know what a comic book movie was supposed to look like. And it is a very Sam Raimi style. And the fact that the acting and the dialogue is bad, I think is it's on purpose because it's meant to be like the dialogue is as bad as a comic book dialogue would be like. <clears throat> Dr. Octopus literally has a monologue talking to himself that in a comic book would just be panels that are telling you, here is what this character is thinking. And Samuel was like, how do I do that? I'll tell you what you do. You stand there and you monologue about how you've now got these arms and what you're going to do about that. And yeah, it's going to last about five minutes because we've got a <laughs> lot we need to get in there. I, but for me, like, uh, Oh, I've I've forgotten his name. You just said it, didn't you? 
Uh, oh, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina's portrayal Dark of Dark Ark and the whole Dark Ark arc throughout that film is one of the best character arcs. It's up there with like Iron Man's journey throughout the MCU. It's utterly captivating. I'm I'm actually, because, you know, shout out to our sponsor, Surfshark VPN, I can finally get DC Universe, which is the app that's only available in America, annoyingly, uh, which allows you to sort of read pretty much every DC comic ever. And I've actually gone back and started reading for the first time ever the Death of Superman series. (gasps) Oh, really? How are you finding it? early 90s and you know me apart from a few a few story arcs i cannot get on board with anything sort of pre late 90s comic book wise because i i find a lot of it way too old comic book really and it is that there's so many thought bubbles and thought bubbles just have they they're not there in modern day comics really it's a really dated way of of moving the plot along and this is ridden with them however i'm really enjoying it i uh, it's it's weird how like there there is no build for doomsday really <laughs> he's just there and he yeah. kills superman it's like that's not what it's about it's more about the aftermath of the death of superman it's really interesting well, there you go. That's Ollie's comic book corner. Um, I very much enjoyed that. I actually look forward to hearing what you're going to be watching next. Oh, did did what did Kate say by the end of Spider-Man? Oh, yes, it, it still didn't like it. Yeah, really. Oh, really like it. And and she also said that it was very early two thousands where these movies were made for boys because it's very shouty and it's very loud. There's just a lot of people screaming and shouting all the time. Let us have our movies, Kate. <laughs> so, yeah, so she uh, she did not get on board with it. In her defense, watching it back, um, oh, man, what's his name? Who played Harry again? Uh, James Franco. Yeah. There's a line, like, at the start of it, you know, when they, he first meets, like, not first meets, but his first interaction with Peter in Spider-Man 2 was at, at Peter's birthday, which Peter's forgotten about. So what I did say, I, was, I did say to us, like, the reason why Spider-Man 2 is so good is because it's probably the only Spider-Man movie that really gets the difficulty of being Peter Parker and Spider-Man and how you juggle both of those. She argued that the Andrew Garfield ones did it slightly better. Uh I, I know, I know, but she really liked Andrew Garfield. Uh, oh, he's a prick in those movies. That's what I said. I was actually trying to find the article that you wrote. <laughs> Spider-Man. My Spider-Man's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, but like, so Harry is just like, hey, Pete. And he's like, oh man, I've just been so tired. He's like, taking pictures of your friend Spider-Man because obviously Spider-Man uh, killed him. And he's like, hey, no, I don't really want to talk about that. And then there's two more lines and then he's just having a chat with peter being like yeah no i've just been really busy taking pictures of your friend spider i was like we literally just had this line <laughs> seven lines ago <laughs> but yeah i like it anyway i like it all, too that's all we've got time for on this edition of the wrestle talk podcast a very farty episode uh some might say the fartiest episode of uh, the wrestle podcast to date Ooh, i just knocked over a battery um this is the, the fartest 
The uh, NXT podcast will also be up today with the new tag team of Laurie and Adam uh, reviewing that show for Marks. Uh, me and Adam are going to be on the magazine show tomorrow with Louis Dangor with one of his WrestleTalk exclusives talking about a, a potential feud that could be happening this summer if all goes to plan. Uh, so he'll have more details on that tomorrow. Uh, and then Pete and Andy will be back for the SmackDown review on Saturday. There's no pay per view this weekend, is there? I hope not. We haven't planned for it. <laughs> uh, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.